The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. Happy Bad Monday. My name is Maddie Murphy, and I am your host. I am giddy at today's episode because it is a bad broadcast original. I did not think of this topic, but it's one of the ones that we started with three years ago. And I actually got my all-time download record, like every single episode and how many times it has been listened to since the very, very beginning, which was June 2020. The first time I did this topic, it was my very first spike in listeners. And it was significant. Like I kind of credit this topic to the beginning of the podcast growing. And the topic at hand is, of course, bad in-laws. And the other topics that I would say we like really started out on were like bad dates, bad roommates. There's probably a couple more, but bad dates, bad roommates, and bad in-laws are like the the holy trinity of the bad broadcast. And I just, I'm so excited. I picked this topic because it's Thanksgiving week. And I'm sure a lot of you guys are gearing up for some quality in-law time, which some people may love, but it seems like the vast majority of the world hates <laughs> because somehow everyone married into a weird family. Everyone. Seems like every single person. No, I'm just kidding. I, I know many people who love their in-laws. My brother, so I come from a big family. I have seven brothers, five of which are married, and five out of five married cool girls. And I'm not just saying that because if I didn't think that, I just wouldn't bring it up. But I have five very cool sisters-in-law. And I feel really, really lucky. And I feel lucky that I like their families. And we've like, I have this relationship now with my sister-in-laws or my sister's sisters-in-laws. Do I plural both of those families? And I know that there are many success stories. I hope that they feel the same way about being in, married into my family because I love them. And yeah, I also, I mean, I just got to say, I grew up with no sisters. And I was always okay with that. I was totally fine with it. I didn't, I didn't miss the experience of having sisters until I started to get a little bit older. And I was like, you know, 13, 14, 15. And I was in those years and I saw people have older sisters and I was, I kind of got jealous of it. And that is when my older brothers started getting married and I started getting sisters. And I feel like I just feel very lucky. I feel very lucky that I got, I get to have the sister experience with such wonderful sisters-in-law. I just wanted to give a shout out, shout out to them. If they're listening, if you know any of them, I love you. I love you. I thought I'd, let's start out with some in-law love before we get into some really deep in-law hate. And I don't know what these submissions are. I'd like to tell you guys that ahead of time because then you know that I'm not faking my reaction. Like some of the, like the, the boot broadcast stories that we did a few weeks ago, those ones I read through, I just like to give you guys a heads up that I haven't read these. So my, my shock is genuine and let's just dive in. I don't believe I have any other announcements. If I do, they will come to me. They will come to me in the middle of them. 
But let's get into it. First up, here we go. Tis the season. (laughs) All right. So my in-laws are odd. I always just say they're a special breed of people and that my husband got out. I married the only boy. He has three older sisters and one younger. They don't communicate like at all. When we eat dinner with them, it's in complete silence and they know nothing about each other because conversation never gets deeper than talking about the weather. But today's story is about baby talk. They have ruined his younger sister. She was 14 at the time of this story and had no friends, was homeschooled because she believed in Santa Claus and was made fun of. So they pulled her from school and she only spoke to adults using baby talk, but her parents and sisters all spoke to her in baby talk too. It's so odd. And my parents-in-law talked to my husband like a baby as well. Well, one day we go over to their house and my father-in-law is sitting in the kitchen alone. My husband asks where my mother-in-law and little sister were. And he said in the bathroom, weird, but okay. Next thing I know, my mother-in-law walks out of the bathroom saying in baby talk, okay, just wait a minute, sweetie, and I'll get your towel. And then she returns with a cow print towel with a cow head as a hood and walks back into the bathroom. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. There's no way this 14-year-old is being bathed by her mom. Oh, yes. A few seconds later, you hear the tub start draining. And my 14-year-old sister-in-law walks out of the bathroom wrapped in her cow towel or cowl hood on and all while my mother-in-law is rubbing her arms up and down. They then walk into her room to get ready. I need to add my sister-in-law is not disabled in any way, shape, or form and was taller than her mom at this point. There is no reason a 14-year-old needs her mom to help her bathe. Pretty sure my mom stopped assisting me in the bathroom when I was like five. I was mortified and this still haunts me to this day. I mean... I don't know when the appropriate time to stop bathing your children is. I'm sure there is. I'm sure it's a hotly debated topic. That's another reason why I plan to share zero of my parenting tactics, because I just feel like everything is everybody has very strong opinions about both. But I feel like we can probably all come to the conclusion that 14 is a little bit old. I was in high school when I was 14. I was a sophomore in high school when I was 14. I turned 15 my my sophomore year. So that would be my mother bathing me while getting ready for homecoming. It's way, way, way too old. I will say the most humbled I've been recently is, first of all, I'm tall. I'm almost six feet tall. I'm not little. I don't fit in a lot of bathtubs, but getting pregnant... Oh my gosh, I wish I could like share a visual without it being really traumatizing for all of us. But the way my pregnant body looks in the bath is genuinely, genuinely humbling. I mean, it has really taught me to never, never get too confident because the way my titties look, they're not even underwater. They're just like floating kind of on top and my belly it's it's really really bad like if anybody were to walk in I have to lock the door I check the door to make sure I have to pull the curtain over like I want literally nobody to see me in the bath as I'm saying that I wish I could share a picture with you guys okay next one I absolutely love my in-laws they are two of the best people I've ever met until (laughs) I love an until We took my mother-in-law on vacation with us to help us with our two kids. I'm going to pause here. I don't know what's coming next, but this hasn't ever worked out for anyone. I've never known anyone. Didn't we have a story a couple years ago where somebody was like, we had a baby before we were married. So on our honeymoon, we brought my mother-in-law to help watch the baby. Something like that. It's not good. On the drive home, I was sitting in the backseat and I could see my mother-in-law's phone. 
I wasn't reading her text or paying attention until a word caught my eye. She was sexting a man that wasn't my father-in-law. I told my husband and he wants to ignore it and told me his sister has also seen texts from the same guy. I'm dying inside because I come from a family of divorce where both of my parents cheated. I don't even know. I'm so awkward around her now. It's like I can't act like a normal husband because I now know this big secret. Knowing this about your in-laws, I mean, it might be worse than knowing it about your parents because there's just a level that you can't reach with your in-laws ever. Like you can be close to your in-laws. You can like your in-laws, but they'll never be your parents. Like you'll never have that level of, uh, not repartee, <laughs> what's the word? That repertoire, is that right? Like you'll never be able to broach those topics. If I caught my parents, if you caught your parents, you would be able to say something. You'd be able to call them out. I think for the most part, but with your in-laws, you just have to sit in it. There's just always this lingering. Remember the story from October where the in-laws finger accidentally went up her asshole. <laughs> like, sorry, it was so funny. Like, if that were a sibling or a blood relative, you'd probably be able to laugh about it and acknowledge it. But when it's in-laws, it's just there is a stark line where you just can't say anything. Also, I'm all for, you know, not letting your sexual desires diminish with age. I think that you should let your freak flag fly no matter how old you are. However, keep it within the bounds of monogamy should you choose. And also don't do it in front of anybody else. Like if you're sexting, it needs to be alone in a room and then the conversation needs to be deleted. Like don't risk it. Don't risk it. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. Are you ever out in the world just going about your life when like a sexy intrusive thought pops up? Like what if you just like snuck off and did it somewhere? What if you had to like hide from somebody? What if you're in the library and like you hide behind the bookshelf? Like do those thoughts ever come to mind? It's fine if they do. This is a safe place to talk about sexy time. It happens to the best of us. With Dipsy, you can put your headphones on and experience that whenever you want to. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. So you can discover stories about second chance romances, if that's what you're into, maybe some vacation flings, or just some hot and heavy hookups. They are also very inclusive. They have stories for straight and queer listeners. And new content is released every single week. So you can have your favorites and you can listen to those again and again, but you can also always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. We're all in our smutty era, okay? Let's just get used to it. Let's embrace it. Let's get sexy whenever we want. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, if you know what I mean. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of The Bad Broadcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. Once again, that is dipsystories.com slash bad for 30 days of free access. 
Hey, Bestie, I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. We are the hosts of Creeps and Crimes podcast. Every Thursday, Morgan takes us on a deep dive into a paranormal case or a conspiracy theory. And Taylor will bring you a detailed and accurate reporting on a true crime case. Since we launched in 2020, we have never missed a Thursday. With over 160 episodes ready for you to binge, you will never run out of cases. And you can follow along on Instagram at Creeps and Crimes podcast. Whether you're in the car or enjoying a glass of wine, tune in every Thursday to Creeps and Crimes. Okay, next one. My mother-in-law came to visit us one summer when I was pregnant and she literally never left. I kept asking my husband when she was leaving and he kept saying he did not know. One month later, she got a job in our town. We had no idea until she walked out of the door and said, oh, I'm going to work. She literally moved into our house without asking and got a job. Finally, I had to tell her to get out. It was the most awkward thing ever. She ended up taking our guest room mattress with her when she left small price to pay. You know, let's let's piggyback onto the statement I just made with the last story that there's this level this this stark line with like how intimate you can be with your in-laws, like how close you can really get to them, like they'll never be your parents. It seems that that boundary goes one way with many many in-laws. Typically the kids understand the boundary really well and then the in-laws think that that doesn't exist and they're actually entitled to every part of your life. Like when we talk about boundaries, like I know boundaries is is kind of one of those pop psychology words that everybody's sick of hearing. We've discussed it to death. We know, we get it, what boundaries are, whatever. But I feel like the concept of boundaries was literally invented for in-laws because I've never heard anything from all the stories that we've read. Nobody passes a boundary or nobody crosses a boundary quite like an in-law. It's pretty surreal to listen to. I simply can't envision not having the self-awareness to just live in somebody's house without them giving you outright permission. I can't even imagine spending the night at somebody's house without permission. I can't even imagine. Sometimes I feel like I'm violating people by going over even when I'm invited. Sometimes I go over after being told I can come somewhere and being like, is this cool that I'm here? Like, should I leave? Should I go now? Even though you invited me, I want to double check, but you know, to each their own. Okay, next one. My mother-in-law never lets any food go to waste, even if it's expired. All of the in-laws and most of the older grandkids are always checking labels on things before we eat anything in her house. She caught on to what we were doing, so she has started to rip the expiration labels off of anything. Oh, so now we rarely have dinner at her house and always bring our own food when we can. My sister-in-law and I have started going through her fridge when she's not around and taking everything that's gone bad or expired and has been in there for a long time and throw it away. We have to physically take the bad food to someone else's trash cans because she will go through the garbages and put it back in the fridge. And she wonders why all of her kids have stomach problems as adults. This sounds like, I mean, this has got to be a specific type of hoarding, right? Like food hoarding. I went to somebody's house, I think I was in junior high, and their mom did this. Oh, it's actually, oh man, it does kind of make me very unwell to think about, but with like milk and orange juice. So like if orange juice went bad, she would buy another orange juice. That's the that's where it should have stopped. And then the bad one should have gotten thrown away. And then they'll drink some of the good one and then she'll pour the expired one into the new one. And she would do the, oh, the same thing with milk. Milk is an abomination if you really think about it. I love milk. Don't get me wrong. I'm pro-dairy. 
I don't have a lactose intolerance. I eat milk. But when you think about the concept of milk, it's gross. It's just, it's not one that I can discuss. Like I just have to, I have to, I have to close my eyes. I have to not think about it. And then I can enjoy milk. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty titty of milk, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about when it can go bad. I I don't. So yeah, I've encountered this before. It has to be, I mean, it has to be some type of trauma response. All right. This one's short, but it, it paints a nice picture. They're always naked. Every last one of them, full-grown adults, just naked. I do need more information on that. In what context? Just you walk in the door and you drop trowel or like they go swimming and they all think it's fun to skinny dip or like somebody gets out of the shower and they walk by naked. Like what's the extent of how naked they are and in what scenarios? I mean, I both want to know and also never want to think about this ever again. Let's get into this next one. When planning our wedding, my now husband and I decided that we would rather have a very small intimate wedding with just our parents and invest our money into a banging honeymoon. Probably pun intended. Am I right? Okay. Everyone except for my husband's mother was cool with this idea. Always. Always. For months, she would send me photos of wedding venues and ask if this was something I would like to book. And I would always reply, no, thank you. We're going to do just something small in the mountains. I assumed all of the photos she was sending me were from the venue's website or social media. However, one day I get a photo that is clearly not from social media. And I learned that she had been taking her lunch breaks to go look at all of these wedding venues she had been sending photos of. So every time I had received a photo of a venue... It was indeed her taking the photo. I was so upset and just politely told her no thank you because I didn't want to cause any drama. The following... Oh, no, no, no. I just saw the next sentence. The following weekend, I get a text while at work that says, I booked a venue for your wedding. I bet you're really happy about that, huh? I felt a pit of rage building in me that I had never felt. I messaged my husband immediately and I told him that he needed to speak with her because I was absolutely not doing what she wanted and had been nicely saying no to her ideas the entire time. They got into a huge argument, but in the meantime, she was texting me and asking what types of food I wanted at the reception, to which I said, I guess whatever you want since it's your day. We obviously did not end up doing what she wanted, but continued with our small wedding, and she was able to cancel her venue and get her money back. It definitely damaged our relationship. Luckily, my angel husband understands how she is, and we have been able to keep her at a very long arm's length. We've been married for four years now and have still have small battles with her on occasion, but nothing will ever top her booking a wedding venue for us. For this reason, among many others, I do find myself at the ripe age of 30 being a little bit anti-wedding. I, I for sure, well, anti is strong. I definitely feel more against traditional weddings now than I ever have before. I I was kind of this way a while ago, but as I've gotten older, I'm for sure never going to do another traditional wedding. I just don't think, I mean, I, I know so many people who really loved their big receptions and big dinners and big ceremonies, and they really, really did. But I would say that that is the minority by far. I think that the majority of people find traditional weddings to be very stressful to be very overwhelming, to find, like, they find that their in-laws or their own parents or their families, whatever, are way too involved or they ruin the experience. I just, I don't think that they are all they're cracked up to be. Jim Gaffigan actually has an old joke, like, old, old, old. Like, I listened to this on a CD, like, probably 10 years ago, where he talks about weddings and how it's basically just cosplaying that you have a kingdom, <laughs> which is, it's so funny and it's so true. It's like, Let's invite 
all of our guests to be seated and to honor us as we walk in. And there's a shrine of photos next to us from our entire life. Like the shrine of photos at weddings is something (laughs) we've had enough. We've had enough. I understand people do bridal photo shoots and whatever first looks. I don't need to see those. Keep them in an album. Show your kids. It is so weird to have a full shrine to the bride and groom at every single wedding. And then you want to know what's even worse? Then those end up in their front hall. They end up in their front hall. And then you have to walk in to see a whole gallery wall of the same 15 minutes of their life just in different poses. It's weird. I I think it's very, very weird. So I, I don't know. I, I will never do a traditional wedding ever again. I have seen recently people who do like you know, they they have an engagement party and then they're like, surprise, we're actually getting married. And it's like super casual. I love that. I love like an elopement with a, a party a year later. Like there's so many untraditional fun ways to do it, but we just get sucked into the, the most traditional ways. And again, some people love it, but I would say the majority of people find traditional weddings to be a bit much for reasons like this, because mother-in-laws, mothers of the groom, I don't want to say they're the most difficult people in the world, but with the stories that I've read and the things that you guys have told me, it seems like the majority of your guys' husband's moms might be neck and neck with like four-year-olds for the most difficult people to reason with. Okay, next one. My mother-in-law, oh no, my mother-in-law accidentally sent an explicit sext to my husband. I will never look at their kitchen counters the same. Not the kitchen counters. Not the kitchen counters. Not seeing your own mother-in-law bent over on the kitchen counter. Not something I ever want to even think about. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. Do you ever think my business needs a website and then you stop yourself from thinking too far ahead because you have absolutely no clue how to build a website? Cool, cool, cool. Because I did that for like a year and a half until someone told me how easy Squarespace is. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out, got something little going, or you're managing a growing brand, or you're selling out warehouses of product every single week, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. You're able to upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place. With the new asset library, you're able to manage all of your files from one central hub and use them across the Squarespace platform. You can get started with one of their professional website templates. They have designs for every single category, and then you can customize the look, update content, and add features to fit your unique needs. It really is as easy as it sounds. I say it all the time, but if I can figure it out, I promise you, you can figure it out. You can also do custom merch, you can do email campaigns, and you can sell your products in an online store. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use my code at squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Clean Simple Eats. 
one of my favorite things to talk about because I have truly become a spokesperson both privately and publicly for Clean Simple Eats. I have gotten, I promise you, multiple friends hooked on Clean Simple Eats protein because it is the best. They have the best flavors and it doesn't taste like chalk. What a blessing, a protein powder that doesn't have the chalky aftertaste. Clean Simple Eats truly is different and they have 26 all natural flavors that you really can't go wrong with. Anything that you make, they have a flavor that goes perfectly with it and you can switch it up so often. They don't just have three flavors that you have to settle for. They have a whole array. They've got s'mores. They've got cake batter. They've got mint chocolate cookie. They have coconut cream pie. Have you ever heard of anybody who has a coconut cream pie protein? Didn't think so but Clean Simple Eats does. Something that I love about them is, of course, their high ingredient standards. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no artificial ingredients, third-party tested, non-GMO, and gluten-free. It's also female-founded and female-owned. Did I just hit every single check mark that you've ever looked for in a protein powder? That's what I thought. We love that. My go-to right now, pumpkin pie. I can literally pick every flavor for every season that I want. I'm choosing pumpkin pie right now. So if you're ready to try the most delicious protein you've ever had, visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code BAD at checkout today for 20% off of your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com, code BAD for 20% off of your first order. Okay, this story will leave you absolutely speechless. So my sister-in-law, let's call her Sam, was hosting a birthday party for one of her girls. Her sister, my other sister-in-law, let's call her Brooke, were in attendance. Brooke needs to go to the bathroom. After a while, we notice Brooke is just standing in the doorway of the bathroom. She calls her husband over and tells him she clogged the toilet. Instead of doing the normal human, human thing, which is... Oh, no. 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 I don't even want to read this out loud. Instead of doing the normal human thing and asking for a plunger, this man walks. I need you guys to turn it up. I need you guys to listen to what I'm about to say. This man walks straight in the bathroom and in front of everyone, sticks his hand in the toilet and unclogs it. Maddie, his bare hand to break up his wife's shit. The worst part was neither of them were phased by it and they acted like it was the normal thing to do. Why? Why are you putting me through this? Why do I have to suffer through this story? And even worse, part uh, the even worse part was that he... <laughs> no, sorry. I can't even get through this. And the even worse part, I don't know how it could get worse, was he pulled his hand out, he flicked off the excess poop water in the sink, didn't wash his hands, and returns to the party like nothing happened. Everyone in the room had their jaws on the floor. Needless to say, the birthday party ended and Sam no longer hosts at her house. Who raised this man? Actually, you know what? I need to ask that in a different manner. Who raised this man? Show yourself. Show yourself. Raise your hand. You're going to prison. I've never used the, the megaphone feature, and this really felt like the right place. Why? Why? I am telling you, there needs to be a litmus test for existing in the world there needs to be some sort of qualifications in order to interact with the human species and attend birthday parties and have friends. Why do so many people do the weirdest things? 
they need to do these sorts of story problems in college level courses. Like, hey, your wife clogs a toilet at a bathroom. What's your course of action? And if it ever crosses your mind to just put your hand in it, we send you to prison until you can prove your way out. There can't be another option. These people can't be out in the world anymore. All right, I need a, I need a sip of water before we continue. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. I wish I were lying to you, but this just happened and I'm not sure if it's an I need advice or an in-law story. Basically, I used to live in an ADU, an additional dwelling unit. Hmm, never heard that. Very fancy. Basically, a second home on my in-law's land. Anyway, we just moved into our own house and my mail still gets sent there because it's easy and I remember that address. I was waiting for a package, which was an airy bikini. And when it finally came, I texted my mother-in-law. She said, go grab it. The house is unlocked and no one's home. When I walked in the front door, in fact, somebody was home. It was my father-in-law masturbating in the living room on the lazy boy to be exact. Why? I do not know. Why not in the bedroom? No clue. He stared at me and I also still don't have my package. What do I do? I mean, what do you do? You, I don't know, leave the country, burn your house down, never return, divorce your husband. That seems like the only possible thing that you can do. I mean, you can't continue to see this man ever. I mean, literally ever. Yeah, I, I don't know how one would continue. I mean, if you do continue, you have to take a vow of silence with this man because you can't ever have a conversation with him. I'm also not trying to shame, not trying to shame his choice for doing that even though I really, really want to because it's grossing me out. It's not shameful. But uh, yeah, you don't have any choice. You got to change your name. You got to, you know, you got to witness protection program. I don't know. I don't know what programs are available for people who have to endure this thing. But you can't continue. You can't continue with that. Okay. My adult brothers and sisters-in-law still call their dad, Daddy. They are married with their own children. Every time they text, thank you, Daddy, in the family group text, I cringe. This, wait, I feel like we've encountered this before because daddy stops at age eight, okay? It, that's that's when it's done. I also kind of want to know the general opinion on calling your in-laws mom and dad. I would never, I would, I would literally never call my in-laws mom and dad, but I know families where people call their mother and father-in-law mom and dad. And it creates a very weird language dynamic because then you and your husband are calling the same person mom. Like, that's not, that's not appropriate, if you're asking me. Okay, Maddie, my brother-in-law sent a picture of his poop in the toilet to the family group message. He's 25, the worst part. Why are there so many shit stories in this one? He's 25, the worst part. He sent it while I was eating and I haven't been able to eat since. Well, okay. She was eating something specific, but I'm not going to say what she was eating because I'm not going to ruin it for all of us. And I haven't been able to eat it since. Am I wrong for thinking this warrants immediate gagging at the very thought of the action? I'm still in shock, I think. Honestly, this is the least of my hell my in-laws have put me through, but the rest is a story for my therapist. I don't think so. I think the rest are stories for the podcast. Because if that's the least of, of the things that have happened to you, that I need to know. I need to know more. I basically have created a job. You guys, do you want to, oh, let me tell you how smart I am. I created a job where people tell me secrets. How awesome is that? I love nothing more than acquiring information that has nothing to do with me. So the fact that I get to know so many of your guys' secrets, it fuels me through life. 
So I definitely needed to know, why are boys this way? Somebody asked me once, like, the guy I, I like and I'm talking to, he, like, talks about his poop. Why is he doing this? And the fact of the matter is that men don't quite grasp the concept of poop. Like, they don't understand what, like, they don't understand that none of us want to hear about it. They don't understand that nobody wants to talk about it. Like, I don't know why so many men are this way. But if you are dealing with this, if the guy you're talking to is like talking about this, he's not trying to friend, friend zone you. He's just not aware of poopy protocol. Okay, next one. I'm submitting this story on behalf of my mom. When I was young, we lived in, in a different state than my grandparents, her in-laws. We used to visit fairly often. One of those visits, when I was a baby, my mom left me in the house. She's actually saying mom, which is so chic. My mom left me in the house with my grandma while she took my older brother, two years old, downstairs to swim in their pool. She realized she'd forgotten the pool gate key and went back upstairs to get it. She couldn't have been gone more than two minutes, but walked in on my grandma. Oh, sorry, I catch a glimpse of the next sentence and it's upsetting. She realized she'd forgotten the pool gate key and went back upstairs to get it. She couldn't have been gone more than two minutes, but walked in on my grandma with her top off, trying to force feed me, an infant, her breast milk, of which she obviously had none. I was screaming, choking, crying, fighting against her. My mom said she grabbed me and my brother and locked us all in the spare bedroom until my dad got home. She was crying and my grandma was insisting she'd only been trying to calm me down, but I was perfectly fine when my mom left two minutes before and trying to breastfeed shouldn't be the first response, even if I hadn't been. My mom was barely 21 at the time. She said my grandma had made a few comments before the incident about just how much she missed breastfeeding and how jealous she was of my mom. Very strange. I have about a billion more stories about weird things those grandparents have done. I could honestly fill books about it. I ask, what I, I know the babysitting story a few months ago had had like somebody trying to breastfeed the little kid. Okay. I'm giving them a pass because they were like, they were basically a kid at the time themselves and they didn't understand. What has to be happening in a grown woman's mind to put her non-lactating boobs into a baby's mouth? Do you even like what 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 screws have to be loose? For that to be somebody's initial reaction. It's truly, truly from the bottom of my heart. One of one of the most horrifying things that I can think of. Like to think of somebody taking my baby and trying to put their nipple in her mouth. Oh my gosh. Okay. I really hate being touched by literally anyone other than my husband. It's a sensory thing. It's like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know why I'm like this, but I am. But since being pregnant, this hatred has multiplied, obviously. I already feel too many things. Everyone respects this boundary except my father-in-law. Oh, shocker there. He always pushed it. And since being pregnant, he has doubled down on disrespecting my space. Hugs out of nowhere, touching my belly, trying to literally cuddle on the couch. It's f***ing weird. He keeps saying that I have to get used to it and he's going to make me like affection because I'm carrying his sperm. What does that even mean? I've told my husband how uncomfortable this makes me. And it makes me feel like he won't respect boundaries I have about my baby because I just know he's going to say it's his because he already thinks it's his. Honestly, any father-in-law saying the word sperm around you is boundary-breaking enough, but being hugged and touched, you're so right because being pregnant, everything is, all your senses are on fire all of the time. That any single one that gets touched, like anything, I see something, I hear something, somebody says, touches me, Ugh, I hate it. I'm not naturally affectionate and 
you're so right that people get weird about your personal space when you're pregnant. And then if you set a boundary, people get weird about you setting a boundary about them being weird. It's a, it's, it's a forever cycle trying to get people to just leave you the hell alone when you're pregnant. I got heartburn actually at this story. Like my, my pregnancy is actually fighting back against this story. I am going to have a baby in January. As you guys know, I have already decided that I'm going to be weird. I'm going to be weird about who can touch my baby and who can come over. And if you're sick, how long you have to wait before you can see my baby. Like I, I have rules. I have, I have scripts planned for what I'm going to say to people. And I got to say the majority of people in my life are nothing but highly understanding because everybody has a baby and having a baby in the depths of winter creates a lot of potential for sickness that I think the, the majority of people understand. However, there's always going to be people who don't understand. So as a fellow mom-to-be who's going to be weird, I'm, I will take one for the team. If you have to set boundaries, just blame it on me. Say this girl's podcast, I listened to her, she's a scientist. And she said that I can't have anybody over for three weeks or everybody has to wear a mask or wash their hands or nobody's allowed to touch my baby or kiss my baby or look in the direction of my baby. Blame it on me. They don't know. Okay, next one. So my best friend recently got married to her high school sweetheart and I had the honor of being in her wedding. One important detail here is that they waited not so patiently for marriage. So I knew they had wanted to sneak off for some alone time after their ceremony. Imagine my shock and dismay when I'm eating dinner downstairs and I look up to see that her new mother and father-in-law are going up the stairs to the loft where the bride and groom were hanging out. Mind you, this was after being explicitly told that the couple had requested private time before dinner. Not only did they go up to the bridal suite, but I watched her mother-in-law slowly open the sliding barn door to peek in the room that they were in. After doing so, I saw her give a little wave back out and nod with a smile to her. Why is that the weirdest reaction I've ever heard? Why is that? Why is that? It got so much weirder. It got so much weirder. So I saw her give a little wave back out and nod with a smile to her husband waiting behind her. I later found out from my best friend that her mother-in-law had watched her son undressing. <sighs> I want to cry. I want to start, like, I, I, my nervous system is on overload with this story. I want to cry. I had watched her son undressing his new bride when they thought they had a moment alone. Later that night, after they had left for the hotel, his mom showed up yet again at their door with some champagne and orange juice to celebrate with the next morning claiming she had forgotten to drop it off earlier that day. Why is waving in the room, smiling and nodding to your husband, the weirdest possible reaction to seeing your son undressing his bride? Like of all the reactions, I thought it was going to be a quick door slam. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm so, so, so sorry. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. But the nod and the wave and the smirk is beyond weird. Here's what I always want to ask in-laws who do weird shit like this on their kids' wedding nights or honeymoons or whatever. Like, were you not th that age once? Were you not a new bride once? Have you, have you no memories of what it's like to be young and not want your parents at everything? Like, I, I don't understand how so many in-laws, they, they get older and their kids get married and they just don't know what it's like. Okay, next one. I was invited to take a picture with my sisters-in-laws. My husband has a lot of sisters and I'm the only sister-in-law. So it's basically just me and all of his biological sisters. Sometimes I really feel like I'm on the outside looking in with them. So I feel extra included and loved when they invite me to be in their picture. That was until the picture was texted to everyone. Guess who was missing from the photo? You guessed it, me. 
I was on the end and someone cropped the photo and cut me out. Apparently, I was ruining the picture with all my in-law vibes. Even though I was invited to the photo, I don't know. Also love that I was included in the message where the cropped photo was sent. Yeah, what? It actually really hurt my feelings and I had a good cry about it. I absolutely don't blame you. That is actually kind of traumatizing. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but those feelings of being left out, I mean, maybe it's because the first time it happens, we're like in elementary school and like the first time you're left out and your friends are playing kickball or whatever, and it just stays with you. But like when my feelings are hurt like that, like it is, it is very much the exact same feeling as I felt when I was eight years old. Mean girl behavior. I don't blame you for getting your feelings hurt. Just, I mean, I don't have advice except that I totally validate and agree with the feeling of being hurt. Okay. Next one. In early 2021, in the thick of the COVID pandemic, my baby boy was three months old and we were extremely anxious about getting him sick. Hey, I didn't know the story was coming, but I was just talking about that. We made strict rules before he was born that no one is allowed to kiss him or touch his face. They also had to wash hands and wear a mask and all that jazz. Hey, that's so weird. Okay. My mother-in-law was extremely vocal about how dumb she thought our rules were, but my sibling-in-laws bullied her into submission because they didn't want us to revoke privileges of seeing the baby. She listened to us 100% the first time she met the baby. The next time she saw him was around was when he was about three months old. And apparently she thought the rules didn't apply anymore. We told her again, no kissing. She was holding him in the kitchen and proceeds to kiss him on the mouth in front of us. We ask her to please not do that again. She looks at us dead in the eyes and kisses him again on the mouth. My husband promptly grabs the baby and told her she doesn't get to hold him until she can respect our rules, rules for his safety, might I add. Later that day, we found out that our sister-in-law was downstairs in her room with COVID and that my mother-in-law had been around her all day the day before. They didn't tell us because they wanted us to visit. We were so upset that we packed up and left. It was so frustrating. I'd like to say that things have gotten better since, but unfortunately, she still has no respect for the boundaries we set with our children. So fun. First of all, my heart goes out to you. Obviously, I'm about to be the weird mom. But here's what people don't understand. And like, I'm hoping... Like, I don't know how many difficult mother-in-laws I have listening. Maybe you don't know that you're a difficult mother-in-law, but hopefully by listening to these stories, you can maybe gather, like if you're disrespecting boundaries. The part where you said it's for his safety, it's for the baby's safety. That's what the part that I don't understand how people don't get. Like, if you don't want your baby to be sick, it makes you a good parent. And, and difficult mothers-in-law see it as you being a difficult daughter-in-law. They don't see it as you being a good parent. Like you avoiding a sickness for your child is a good move and you should stand by it. Again, blame it on me. Okay, next one. My husband's brother and wife went to California for their honeymoon. They were staying at an uncle's house there and one day my in-laws showed up at the house uninvited. They crashed their honeymoon, went to Disneyland with them, the works. Luckily, we haven't had any similar incidents, but the nerve the nerve, the nerve to show up on a honeymoon is bold. It's pretty bold. I think that if you as in-laws have showed up on any of your kids' trips uninvited, you owe them a replacement vacation. You owe them a vacation sans you. All right, next one. My son is a year old. My in-laws still make comments every time I see them about how much they hate his name. He is a year old. It's been one full year of having that name. Every time they bring it up, I am rendered speechless. Maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like it's probably time to move on. I'm going to take a moment to uh, make this about me. No, I'm just kidding. Not really make it about me, but kind of make it about how my opinions on baby names have changed. There are, there are some bad baby names out there. 
don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. However, I have kind of become a ride or die for weird baby names. Not the ones that we talk about all the time. Okay, I still, I don't like the the made up Utah names. There's a million jokes, a million videos, a million bits about those. They're still not great, but whatever. We've We've done that and now we're past it. But like now when I hear a baby name that I don't hear a lot, I'm kind of obsessed. Like I see the beauty in unique baby names now. And I'm sorry because I've been a hater. I've been a huge hater of baby names for a really, really long time. And there's still some that I think are terrible. <laughs> I'll never share them though. I'll I'll never publicly say what baby names I hate because who cares about my opinion? If you love a baby name, you should use it and you should not care what anybody says. But I just, I have I have come to appreciate them as I've as I've gone through names. I still don't have a name for my baby, but I just have realized how difficult people as a whole make naming a baby because who cares what anybody else names their baby? Who cares? If the parents like it, who cares? If you are related to somebody who has a baby and names the baby something that you don't like, here's my most heartfelt advice of what you can do. You can shut the f*** up. You don't need to talk it to anybody about it. If you want to say something about it, send it to the group chat. Say it to your husband. Say it to your boyfriend. You don't need to tell any parent how you feel about their baby name. And I would like to ask for forgiveness for judging baby names so harshly. All right, next one. While we were on our honeymoon, my mother-in-law called sobbing to my husband, demanding to know why he hasn't liked and commented on the picture she posted of their mother-son dance on Instagram. <laughs> oh, mothers-in-law really are out here acting like their son's girlfriends. It's a crazy thing. They really do think that they're dating their sons. So many of you are in direct competition with your mother-in-laws because they think that they're married to your husband. It's crazy. All right, we're going to end on this one. Hey, Bestie, I'm not married yet, but this is my mom's story. For background, my mom and I were listening to one of your worst in-law episodes. And after every story, my mom would have to pause the episode to comment and reflect about her relationship with her mother-in-law. When we finished the episode, she turned to me all dramatic and said, none of your siblings know this, but here's the story. During your... <laughs> I love that I sparked this. During your dad's and my reception, your grandma catches me by <laughs> catches me by myself for a second and looks me in the eye just to tell me, I really hope my son is a good lover. Maddie, my poor mother, she barely talked to her own mom about sex. So her mother-in-law saying that one thing was so traumatizing to her poor virgin self and that comment still haunts her to this day. Seems to me like that mom has thought one too many times about her son's lovemaking abilities why do moms continue to do this is the age-old question, but we'll keep asking it because it keeps providing a lot of really fun podcast episodes. Well, I hope this didn't traumatize you too much because personally, I think these were some of the worst in-law stories we've maybe ever had on the podcast. I think I, think I can confidently say, I don't know if I'll ever recover from the 14-year-old being bathed by her mother or the hand plunger happening at the birthday party. Both will probably stay on my mind for a really, really long time. Shout out to all the cool in-laws out there. Shout out to the normal people who accept new people into their families and lives and don't make it weird and don't discuss their sex lives and don't show up on honeymoons and don't make out with newborns with tongue. Thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you guys all have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving to those who celebrate 
hang in there. Holidays are a very weird time for a lot of people. They're super happy. I know a lot of people love the holidays. I love so many things about the holidays. Also, a lot of things are tricky about them. Balancing families, balancing time, balancing kids, whatever it might be. But just hang in there. I'm here with you every single Monday. I love you guys so much. I will see you and talk to you next week. Love you so much. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.